the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, February the 9th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On February 9th, 1964, the Beatles, the music group, the Beatles, made their first American live American television appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. It was broadcast from New York on CBS. A crowd of teenagers were screaming while more than 70 million viewers tuned in in the United States to watch that program. That reminds me, I didn't see that program. I didn't see anything that was on television uh, on Sunday night or on Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Sunday morning. I was always in the same place. Sunday school and church and youth and Bible study and all the other things that we had going on each week in our church. A lot has changed. I mean, we don't have that many. I guess we do, but they're just under a different format. But anyway, there were things from time to time. I don't know if I would have wanted to see the Beatles or not, but there were things from time to time that I kind of wanted to see on television. But boy, if they were on Sunday night, it wasn't going to happen. Today in 1825, the House of Representatives elected John Quincy Adams president. No candidate had received a majority of the electoral votes. Today in 1943, World War II battle at Guadalcanal in the south southwest Pacific, it ended with a strong Allied victory over the Japanese forces. Today in 1950, in a speech in Wheeling, West Virginia, Republican Senator Joseph McCarthy was from Wisconsin. He charged that the State Department was riddled with communists. So, okay, it's not riddled with communists now. It's just riddled with progressives. Today in 1963, the Boeing 727 went on its uh, first ever flight. It took off from the Renton Airport, just south of down of Seattle, the, of the city. The 727 has been a very, uh, a very good, safe airplane. Uh, over the years until recently with their new 727 MAX. And that has been the airplane you hear about in the news recently, where the one of the doors blow off of the, out of the side of it. And, man. Today, 1971, a magnitude 6.6 earthquake in California's San Fernando Valley claimed 65 lives. And today, in 1986, Halley's Comet, Halley's Comet, it visited the solar system for the first time since 1910. But I thought you should know this. It's going to return in 2061. So you can put that on your calendar. Probably won't attend that event either, will we? Special Counsel Robert Hur will not charge President Joe Biden for his handling of classified documents, but 
<laughs> he included some stunning revelations, not that stunning in the fact that they exist, but the fact that he would actually say this in his report, and he did. He said the deterioration of Biden's mental state was undeniable, and he said that they were, you know, repeated. The report says the investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and dis- disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen, but does not establish that does not establish guilt, he said, beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, that caught my attention. Hearst's assessment of Biden's significantly limited memory was the basis for, I mean, it's like they sort of tried him in the in this interview and said, nope, he's not capable to stand trial. Well, of course he's not capable to stand trial, but is he then capable to be the president of the United States? I mean, the people that support him think he is, apparently. Her went on, the investigator went on, special counsel, he went on, he said, we have considered that... Um, that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I mean, this is in the report that was made public yesterday by this special counsel, this Robert Herr. Uh, He said it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Her report is riddled with examples and assessments that Biden's mental facilities and uh, memory have deteriorated. They said in the report, Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations. Shockingly, at least to me, the report says he did not remember even when within several years of when his son, Bo, died. That's interesting because he talks about the death of his son, and I understand that would be horrible. I have a son. That's unthinkable. But I've had deaths in my family, and I, I mean, I remember when my mother died and my father died. I don't know. Anyway, the report says that Perhaps the most damaging is Biden's inability to remember his time as vice president. <laughs> he can't remember that. In his inter- that at least in this interview, maybe he was, you know, d- playing a game with these guys. I don't know. In his interview with our office, the report says he did not remember when he was vice president for getting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013. When did I stop being vice president, he said, and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, he said in 2009, well, am I still vice president? That's the president of the United States recently in a recorded interview by an investigator or a a special counsel. Her's assessment of the prosecution's chance in court, that's the same thing they said about Hillary Clinton back in 2016. They said, well, she, she has some memory issues and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's it's like if, if you're having cognitive problems, you know, it, it, it's straight ahead, no, no problem. 
how did how did we get to this point? I mean, maybe we've always been there, and I'm just figuring it out. But how did we get to this point? It's concerning, to say the least. Equally concerning is how our institutions are being weaponized. I was going to ask, have you noticed that? Of course you have. We all have. They're being used now as tools against political enemies. And when that begins to happen, as it is in in our country, the people in power, we become a third-rate country, regardless of our wealth. I mean, money doesn't buy everything. It buys a lot of things, but not everything. But I see... I see our country sliding into this quagmire. Is it reversible? Absolutely. As revival begins in the hearts of people in America and God begins to move in our hearts and we stand firm in our our beliefs, in our values, in, in, in the word of the Lord, in our culture, it will change the culture. It will change our nation if Christians will stand for what is right and righteous what is holy, that is the word of the Lord. If we will stand for those things in our life and live them out, not just say it on, you know, at a church service or something like that, but if we will actually begin to live those those principles, those beliefs out in the culture, it will change the culture. It will change lives for eternity and for now. A lot of people, I hear them say, and I mentioned this, I don't want to be repetitive, but I... I, I hear them say, yeah, you know, I, I man, the Lord's coming and I'm going to heaven and, you know, I yeah, this world's going to hell in a handbasket and I just can't wait till, for the Lord to come. Well, I understand that. I mean, I, I can't wait either. I, I want to go to heaven too. I get that. But in the meantime, God's timing is perfect. Ours is not so much. And in the meantime, we're told to occupy, to work. Well, it is still day. It's gonna nighttime is gonna come, and we won't be able to work anymore. And that is for the Lord, and those things have to be a part of who we are and a part of what we believe in this culture. I'm not blaming. I'm just saying, if we take a stand, it will make a difference. If we stand for righteousness and for the right things, and yet I see Christians out there today. And I've mentioned this before as well, but I see some I know. And they're out there taking a stand, but they're standing for everything that is contradictory to the word of God. Maybe they don't realize they are, but they are by electing people who absolutely, even if they claim to be Christian, claim to read the Bible and quote a couple verses. Hillary does that all the time. So does Nancy Pelosi. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who actually serve the Lord in their hearts. They're the ones that we should be electing. And if one of them is not available on the ballot, and that's always the follow-up, like, well, I looked at the ballot, and what is, you got Biden and Trump. Well, you pick the one that what you believe will stand for your values and your biblical principles. The one that will not, you don't vote for. I mean, it's pretty simple. Maybe it, I've oversimplified it, but that's where I'm coming from. 
I mean, obviously, I want to know if someone is capable of being president, but I mean, never in the history of America have I read or certainly not known in recent times when I've been alive and around. I've never seen anything or read anything like this where a sitting president and there's half the nation think that he should be reelected approximately. I mean, Trump is leading in most of the polls now, but it's not by a landslide or anything. You say, well, if it wasn't Trump, it'd be somebody else, and maybe they'd have, well, maybe they would. But the realities of where we are now, it's it's Trump and Biden. How did we get to this place? I'll tell you how we got to this place, by turning our back on God and by slipping away from the word of God and moving away from the truth of God. Our founders worked diligently and they worked hard at creating this nation and and framing the documents that would be the founding documents of this nation, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and so on, Federalist Papers and all that stuff. This nation was founded on a rock. And now we're trying to support ourselves. This great nation has been built on prayer and people and the blessing of Almighty God. And now we're trying to function as this great city on a hill. And we've now built ourselves on the sand. And that's the problem. I was thinking of this in light of history. And in Deuteronomy, the Bible says Moses writing in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he talks about what is God's purpose for mankind. He says, your purpose in life You shall, verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Not just you believe, but your children must believe. And you are, are the purveyor of truth to your children. Not some public school off down the road at the end of the yellow school bus trip. It's you, the parent. That's God's way. He said, you shall talk with them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. Talking about the word of the Lord. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on the gates. In other words, live the lifestyle. Live out your Christianity in front of your kids. And it goes on. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and so on. And then the rest, for a number of verses and chapters, it goes into the the blessings and the curses and so on. That when people turn their uh, their uh, backs on God and turn their lives and attention away from the Lord. And I'm just not doing a whole study on or trying to on Deuteronomy today, but. In verse 28, verse 32, it says, Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, and your eyes shall shall look and fail with longing for them all day. But there will be no strength in your hand. In other words, you won't be able to rescue your children from the disaster that they find themselves in, and you as well, 
if you turn away from and don't live out and propagate the word of the Lord, the belief, Christianity in our our day today. Verse 41 says, You shall beget, beget sons and daughters, but they shall be not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. Public education has put our children in captivity. They've isolated them from the parents. Not only public education, other institutions as well, but certainly public education. They have declared that God must be cannot be a part of public education because of, quote-unquote, separation of church and state. When you separate a people from the Almighty God, the Creator of all things, you're going to have problems. That's where we are today, simply put. Now science, quote-unquote, has become the latest tool in destroying a nation and destroying a generation. Remember Dr. Fauci when he was telling the nation we have to follow the science? Wear your mask. Don't go out in public. Don't go to church. If you go to church, don't sing because it'll spread coronavirus and blah, blah, blah. Those were the voices of science. He strutted around like he was science. In fact, he said that. Someone asked him about science, and he made the comment, quote, I am science. <laughs> it kind of re- kind of reminded me of a verse I heard, a word I heard from my earliest days of reading the Bible as a kid. When you have seen me, you have seen God, Jesus said. Fauci was almost mirroring that. When he said, well, you want to know what science is? I am science. That should give us all pause. But you found these people, the voice of science, Fauci and others, raking in millions of dollars in their royalties on the shots they were giving us to save our lives. They, they lived a very different lifestyle in their own in their own homes and in, among their own friends and so on. They, de- they were demanding the rest of us to do all these things, but they themselves were not doing it, and their cohorts in the progressive movement were not either. Gavin Newsom, you know, telling make, telling everybody in California, you got to wear a mask, and he's sitting over in Napa Valley, you know, at the restaurant there, the laundry or whatever it was, and I think that I think it was the laundry restaurant. But anyway, you sit in there with friends. They don't have any masks on. They're having a party. I saw I saw Fauci at a baseball game for goodness sakes. And he, he he in fairness he wasn't sitting in a crowd. He was kind of isolated in the with some other friends in the stands. But there he was sitting, man, big smile on his face, no mask. It was a maskless baseball game. Yeah, it, it it's kind of like science. For thee, but not for me. That's what's going on in this transgender movement. And now there's some exposure that's coming on this Dr. Levine. Dr. Levine is a man, but he says he's a woman. He holds a very high office in the Biden administration. We're discovering now that the Department of Health and Human Services, of which he is Assistant Secretary, that it has only two pages of literature on their quote-unquote science that is driving this whole transgender 
disaster. Assistant Secretary Rachel Levine's assessment that gender-affirming care is, quote, necessary for transgender youth, prompting allegations that the transgender-identifying Biden administration official has violated the department's scientific integrity policies by baselessly claiming it's settled science. Yeah, he's been saying that for a long time. He's been saying it's settled science. Don't don't question me. Don't resist this. We, we must move forward. We've got to do this for the kids and blah, blah, blah. The Daily Wire has written an article on this that I would encourage you to go to our website if, if you want to learn more about this. And it, I wrote an article on it today as well, and it's well-sourced. Uh, it'll take you to a number of places, including some of the things I'm going to mention in the next couple of minutes. But the Protect the Public's Trust, it's PPT, it's a nonprofit uh, watchdog kind of organization. They filed for a Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA, for records of scientific evidence, studies, and or data to support the Assistant Secretary's claim that gender-affirming care is medically necessary, safe, and effective for trans and non-binary youth. They also looked into the records of surveys of medical professionals regarding the value of importance and gender-affirming care for minor children. They covered all the bases. They said, where is the science? What is the science? We want to know. Well, keep in mind that experts are now, it was Forbes recently, but others have as well, they've estimated that the transgender surgery and follow-up so-called medical attention or or gender-affirming health care is soon to be a $2 billion industry. Keep that in the back of your mind. Hospitals are expanding, even building new wings to accommodate this growing business of helping, quote-unquote, children. In response to the request, HHS produced only a single document, a two-page PDF calling gender-affirming care and young people. The document is also on the website, on the HHS website, government website, and it's not a scientific study. It's just a a brochure that declares that the research demonstrates, I'm quoting from the brochure, demonstrates that gender-affirming care improves the mental health and overall well-being of gender-diverse children. I talk about these things because many of you will have children or grandchildren, and perhaps you do. I hear from people. I heard from someone whom I've known a long time, a a mother, recently, and she said she was very perplexed and disturbed about it. Her son is now deciding he's going to transition. He's going to become a girl. It It blew her away. This is epidemic in our culture, but it's being driven by people that, really, I mean, you have to question their motives. I hope we would question their motives. It supports a statement with a footnote to a study to a single study. The government, this is the basis of all of this nonsense. There's Rachel Levine running around saying, I am a woman. No, you're not. You're a man. You can pretend like you're a woman. You're not a watermelon either. You're not an apple. I mean, you're a man. Made in the image of God, created by God, male and female. It's really simple. But they've complicated it and turned it into a multi-billion dollar industry. And it makes 
the far left, the progressives feel good about themselves, almost virtuous. HHS claimed that Levine, a man who believes he's a woman, made no other mentions of gender-affirming care in his email. There's nothing in the government database that's scientific about this massive thing that they're moving and they're perpetuating and throwing upon our children. Moses could not have seen this in his day, but he understood the process of turning away from God And he was saying, please don't do this. Live out your faith. Tell your children about the Lord and about his word and so on. I'm not saying if your child takes off and gets sucked into this because it's a big vacuum, it's your fault. But I'm saying do the best you can with your children and your grandchildren. It's, It's so important to the culture. It's so important to the family structure. And it's so important to the kingdom of God. The assistant Secretary Levine has constantly, continually, everywhere I go, made up unequivocal statements regarding the medical necessity and the safety and the effectiveness of gender-affirming care based entirely upon a single two-page document. You would think there, there would have been a lot of science and they came to this slowly and deliberately and intentionally. Oh, no. No. Two pages. In the federal government, HHS's website, two pages. I put access links to a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about today, including that. The complaint obtained exclusively by the Daily Wire is now getting out into other publications today. But it says that government officials using their stature as science officials to make politically motivated statements and casting them as irrefutable science risks a further loss of trust in scientific institutions, and that would be cataclysmic. It's already happening. It's not maybe it'll happen or it could happen. It is happening. Poll after poll after poll that I see shows that people's trust in our institutions is at an all-time low and sinking. That isn't good for the country. It's not good for the people. It isn't God's will. When, when we ask HHS to provide this data, they said, this, gr- this group, all they, all they offered was a single two-page information sheet which links to cherry-picked, often activist-generated research to justify irreversible and possibly dangerous measures. This is why the public has lost trust in government agencies. Levine has regularly used his role as a scientific a science official to declare that, quote, the treatment options for gender-affirming care for transgender youth really are evidence-based. They really aren't evidence-based. That's a lie. He gave his interview to recently to NPR while he was traveling to Texas Christian University to speak at the Out for Health conference. It was founded by medical students who believe that they're acting on settled science and there is no record of science on this i don't know money and far far left ideology drive this movement i'm convinced and it is demonic at its core because satan seeks to destroy jesus said i have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly 
Thank you so much for being with me today. It's always an honor. Have a have a great weekend. I'll look forward to seeing you right here on Monday. And thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.